0: My mom will tell me, like, if there isn't something in your niche, create the niche for yourself. Like, she always used tell me that. And I guess that's how one of the ways OPI was founded as well.
1: I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling. But I keep my head off the ground. I see the walls before me. I know what changes is coming. I hear the world is calling. So I keep my head off the ground. We break into it. Into every day. Hello, and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams, and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today there is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do We breaking into- through. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breaker's Corner, where we step out on faith and divide the odds. I am your host, Joyce Doncor. Today we have an amazing guest. She's our Barrier Breaker of the month of July 2022. She's none other than Gaima Sise. Gaima is currently studying, getting her second master's degree in clinical psychology. She's had like two degrees already. I mean, girl, like you are just (laughs) doing a lot. And it's so good to see someone trying to pursue their dreams and do what they desire and love to do. She's also the founder of OPI, which is the organization for psychosocial innovation. Gaima, I just want you to introduce yourself. I wouldn't say much. I want you to go into the nitty
0: is the details, and could tell us all about yourself. Um, I mean, you've kind of pretty much said most of everything. But thanks, Joyce Thanks for having me here. I'm very glad to be here. So as you already said, my name is Nemisey. I say I can pretty much say I'm a psychologist now because I'm almost done. I also am trying to become a trauma expert. I studied psychology for my BSc undergraduate degree. Then I went to study international health, public health for my first master's degree. And then for the second master's clinical psychology, I also worked as a psychosocial officer at the Truth Reconciliation Reparation Commission, which is the TRC. I'm sure a lot of people know about it already. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like you said, I'm the founder of the organization for Psychosocial Innovation, which is basically an organization that focuses on raising awareness and mental health and also providing mental health services. I also was a lecturer at University of the Gambia for a while. And yeah, I think that's about it. That's amazing. That's you breaking barriers
1: everywhere. And the first thing that comes to mind right now for me is mental health. Back in the day, it's not something that people, especially our African people, want to go into. So how did you come to that thought, desire of wanting to go into mental health? Is there something you've always wanted to do from right when you we're?
0: I am going to tell you when I decided to study psychology, girl. <laughs> it was it was key because what happened is I didn't even know there was something called psychology in the first mm-hmm. place. You know, back home in the Gambia, like in schools, we don't have psychology as a subject.
1: Yeah, yeah. For
0: example, like in the West, in high schools, psychology is a subject in like high school, junior school. We didn't have that back home, and. I've never heard about psychology and mental health. I was going to study medicine. Everybody in the family was happy. Oh, we're going to have a doctor in the family, you know. <laughs> and I got accepted at into St. Mary's University in Canada. And I got there. And the thing in America is to become a doctor, you first have to do like an undergraduate degree. Then you do the medical four years and then four years or three years. I think I remember now. So I got, I started doing like my like and I did psychology. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? I was doctor. It was so interesting, and I felt like it was so me because I've always been curious about people, about how people behave, about how people think, about like when people have mental health issues, like what is going on with people. Yeah, the root cause, right? I was just sucked in, and then I changed, and everybody was like, Why are you studying psychology? What is even psychology? Like, what are you gonna do in psychology when you come back home to the Gambia? And to be honest, I'm not gonna lie, when I got back home. That is when my anxiety got triggered because there was literally nothing for me in the Gambia. Right. There was no psychology. There was no mental health. I could not work anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was giving me anxiety because now I was thinking maybe everybody was right. Maybe everybody was right. So what am I going to do now? And that is actually one of the reasons why I did my first master's degree in public health. Because I was desperate. I was anxious. I was scared. That was not my dream. Mm -hmm. But I went into that. I was like, okay, it's close to medicine. Yeah, and I could do mental health still with that. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I went into that, but mm-hmm. it wasn't because I actually wanted to study public yeah. health and health. So yeah.
1: This is already inspiring. Like back in the day, like I'm even thinking about myself when I finished high school and my dad was like, You have to do ACCA. Da, da, da. I'm like, I don't want to do no ACCA. I know I'm going to be in finance, but nothing in ACCA. Then people were like, oh, You have to think about what the market needs. So by the time you finish, what is the market wanting? And this is the thing, the raining thing now. So go for it. Meanwhile, the way the world is going so fast-paced right now, you need to be thinking ahead: like What are we going to Need in the next five years. And so, for your story, I would say, like, anyone that's out there that is doing, I mean, that is thinking of what to become, what is it that you love? And sometimes you might go back country or wherever, and you might realize that you are the only one that has this degree or something try and start something. You could be setting a pace back wherever you are. You can be a trailblazer, right? And so tell us how you got into OPI.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'll just say this. Like, my mom will tell me, like, if there isn't something in your niche, create the niche for yourself. Right, right. She like, always should tell me that. And I guess that's how one of the ways OPI was founded as well, because There was this gap because when I got back home and then after my when I did my first master's degree, I got back home. And of course, there was still nothing for me in psychology. So basically, I did the first master's degree just so I can have a proper job.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: it was still hard because my heart was still in psychology and mental health. Yeah. So even though I had a degree in my master's degree in public health, I was lecturing psychology. And as I lectured my students, I saw the need, especially like when we talk, because most of my lectures were very discussion wise. It wasn't just me teaching them. It was just talking about psychology, mental health in the Gambia, the issues when it comes to mental health. And more and more, I saw the need for it because actually the way OPI started was from one of my classes, because I was like, we need to start like a psychology club in the school. Uh But then I was like, no, wait, no, let us actually have an organization outside the school. Mm-hmm. That will actually create awareness for people outside, like the whole of Gambia. I still remember that. And I was like, who will be interested? And most of the students were like, I will be I'm like, okay, write your names and we'll have a meeting and we'll talk about it we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially how it actually started. So it actually started from one of my classes where I expressed interest because I just saw the need, because we talk about these things and it's always like, there is nothing out there. So basically, that's how it started. And it just evolved from there. And, and I'm hoping it will continue to evolve. And for me, it's it's not just creating awareness for people and providing mental health support but it's me me actually creating my niche and following my dreams as well always wanted as well like I've talked about it even before like years before that
1: I am so inspired by your story like I'm re- literally getting goosebumps <laughs> I wish you could see them <laughs> because you know how people say the stars just aligned for you and came all in one line and everything just fell in place it, it did not- that, it not, yeah not it did not feel that. that way at the <laughs> beginning but like you, going into starting that opi for me that's alignment right there like if you hadn't been working in that field if you had decided to give up a long time ago i don't think you'll be coming the organization right now so for me it was scattered everywhere but it was coming together slowly and then everything just
0: fell in place and now you have yeah because i just kept holding on and the thing is that whole time like everybody else like all the other lecturers in the university they were going to do their PhDs and because like the opportunities were there for all these different subject fields or whatever but not for psychology like you will not see a scholarship for psychology anywhere like (laughs) and in countries like the UK as well to become like a clinical psychologist actually is one of the hardest things because uh, for an international student because the way the program is set up you literally have to be a UK citizen or you have to have lived here for a very long time to be able to yeah and not all the schools actually accept international students as well. And then you have the other countries as well, like the US and Canada and there's always a priority. Like I feel like they'll always say they will give international students mm-hmm. like access and stuff, but the priority is always the national or the home students. And of course, the fees are so expensive and there's rarely ever scholarships for psychology for international students. So it was like, I was on this, like, it, there was always like something off. So I'll have, I'll get accepted, but I won't have a scholarship or I have a scholarship and I won't get into that school. Like, I actually got into the University of Melbourne. I got accepted for a PhD in psychology. I remember that. I got accepted into, I can't remember if it was University of Hong Kong or I can't remember exactly, but I was in Hong Kong as well, a PhD. But I didn't get the scholarship. So it was like, there was always something off. And I was like, I need to have my psychology degree. Like, I don't want to just have this master's yeah. in Public health because I said it was psychology. I want to end it with psychology. Right. And it was, it got so frustrating for me because I felt like all my mates were like, like, it felt like I was just stagnant. All my mates were passing me by. And it, like I tell you this, I will sit in my bedroom and I will cry in real tears. Like, I'm literally like almost even like, because when I think about it, it was, pain, I am like, getting teary too. Like, <laughs> yeah, like all my mates are like, because their fields were open and they had the opportunities out there. I didn't have all those, I guess I came from a privileged background, but the opportunities for my i feel we're not there yeah especially for me being an african it was kind of painful seeing all my mates like ahead of me and already being <laughs> like so like these big people in like different companies and organizations and i was just here with my degree and it was painful and oh, that is why yeah. when i got this degree plus scholarship together i was like hey no it's <laughs> this is not happening and it's like yo you I. know <laughs> I finally made
1: it, like... And
0: not just psychology, but clinical
1: psychology. mm -hmm. No. (laughs) It just tells me one thing that if you keep fighting, you will get what you want. Like, this has been your desire from the get-go. And maybe this was a time that it was supposed to come, even though it's like eight years of trying to get it. And that's one thing that, like, drew me to you
0: and to the story. Like, your story drew me to you. I'm like, eight years? Like, eight years? (laughs) yeah because I said I'm like How? by now I should have had technically speaking if everything has gone as flat I should have had my PhD by now mm-hmm. I should have been like some big shot you know what I'm saying I should have and even though I still I have this opportunity I'm very grateful for it I am very grateful mm-hmm. like that still like that thing it still haunts me like I yeah. still up, it's like I still feel like I'm still left behind
1: you know what I would say you are needed for a time and maybe this is the time and maybe the next two three years you find out the reason why this time you had this degree at this time because maybe if you had had it earlier you will not be where God needs you to be in the next five years or in the next 10 years so even when you think about that you are like God you know what you wanted and I am still grateful for where I am like you're saying you're so grateful and just taking that wherever I don't know what where God is taking you. I don't know where that guidance that light, but you're going to get to that point where you are going to be you are going to realize and say, so, you know, what, I am so grateful. Yes, eventually you're going to be like this is the reason why I had to get my degree now to be able to be yeah. in this place. So when you think about that situation, because even me, I think about that in my life. I'm like, I should yeah. have been somewhere by now, you know, mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. be like, I should have had like my two kids running around <laughs> and I'm here. But yeah. again, I realize it's for a time, it's for the appointed time. So I just have to be, do whatever I need to do right now, learn whatever I need to learn right now. I, who knows if I need public health or public health was just a guide that you need to, I don't know what
0: I'm saying right now, but you know, what? <laughs> i totally get what you're trying to say and where you get
1: yeah you would definitely find it out later and be like this is the reason why so don't let that hold you back or let you be sad or something there is a reason you get there so why did you keep trying because some people might be like saying give up why are you still going for this degree it's not common doors are not open. maybe god doesn't want you to be in that and maybe god doesn't want you to be in that (laughs) and people have this i mean they have all the like their heart is right they just want what's best for you and so they are like why trying why you keep going that way but why did you stay on track like why did you keep trying and knocking on doors to see if you could get through the scholarship and the school
0: that's actually a hard question because I don't know it's just what I wanted Mm. it's it's what I wanted how I saw myself what I envisioned for myself and what I also knew because when I tell you I genuinely love psychology I don't even think the words like can express or match up to my love for psychology and how much I love mental health Mm -hmm the field psychology mm-hmm. for me i didn't see myself doing anything else like when i imagine myself like even doing a phd in public health mm-hmm. like i get depressed because i'm like i don't think i'm gonna be happy like i'm gonna have a job where i'm gonna be miserable i don't want to have a job where i know i'm miserable right now but i'm trying to get into a job where i'm gonna like be happy Enjoy.
1: yeah
0: i will wake up and i'll be like yes i want to go to work today yeah every day and even if I wake up and I don't feel like going to work I'm still happy about what I'm doing and whoever's life I'm impacting as well you know I mean I'm not saying I won't impact people's life in other areas but it's just that passion yeah right word for it the passion that I had in me or having me is for psychology yeah and did yeah. you get any support from family friends
1: or were they like no I was- no
0: psychology. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say they discourage me from psychology. They will tell me, for example, my mom will tell me, how about you try this instead? Like she won't tell me don't do psychology. Like mm-hmm. she was, I guess she was just worried about me being in that same position. So she's like, how mm-hmm. about you apply for this instead? but I'm like yeah but it does not have psychology <laughs> <laughs> like people will send me scholarships and I'm like look 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 I didn't see psychology mm-hmm. in it and I'm like no I'm not applying for this because it doesn't have psychology because I just feel like it's just gonna waste my time because I already felt like the first degree even though I'm also grateful for that yeah it was like I wouldn't even say it was a time wasted, but it kind of made the process longer mm-hmm. I didn't want make the process much longer again so I'm like you know what that was my deviation right I'm not deviating again mm-hmm. so from that one whatever degree we have it has to have a psychology in it right <laughs> and like... yeah, it, yeah it happened that way I'm very grateful and
1: how did you find working at the University of the Gambia and teaching the students
0: it was an amazing experience. I got to meet so many different people. I got to influence so many people. I know a lot of students complain about me and my teaching, <laughs> and because I was like, I will give them work. The thing is, guys, they don't like to. Read. I will give you stuff to read. I will give you exercises. I will give you field work to like. I mean, they're out. in university.
1: What are they expecting? Any the university, I, you, you, you know, come our, a lot our, of homework. You know
0: our people. <laughs> you know our people now. So <laughs> anyway, so. I mean, it was amazing just seeing how, because at the end of the semester, that was the best part for me, like how they will come to me and tell me, like I'm actually getting goosebumps like thinking about it, how they'll tell me, Missy say, your course has been life-changing for me, it has been amazing, I've learned so much. Some people actually decided they wanted to study psychology, Mm -hmm. because Gambians, nobody says that, like Gambians and Gambians, I'm not about Gambians in other Mm -hmm. countries, but Gambians and Gambians, Mm -hmm. they don't say anything about psychology, again, because we don't have psychology as a subject in high school. But after that they will tell me how they do want to pursue it. Mm -hmm. Even though they have other degrees. Because I tell them that psychology is something that you just don't you you don't necessarily just have to do on its own yeah you can literally do with any other study whatever it is yeah. because you're literally dealing with humans and whatever field you go into most of the time you're dealing with humans and you need that at an advantage so a lot of people a lot of my students will come and tell me how they're inspired or they are going to do psychology they're going to either major in it or they're going to minor in it and those things made me happy because I was making a difference and it was amazing and especially like when they when I send them because I usually have different projects like one of them would be go to like high schools and create a an awareness campaign or talk about mental illness or even on campus do a post like a post a presentation on campus, right. people would just come and ask you. And it was just amazing to just see the change in that or how much they were into it, the impact they were making as well.
1: And I think we need to create more awareness on mental health, especially in Gambia or even in our African communities. I mean, it's getting there. Last month was Mental Health Month and Barabricas Corner, we had like Let's Talk Tuesdays where we post a question and we get people to answer. And one of the I mean, when we set out the first question, we had a lot of people answer. And then even from the background, some of them had texted me and they were like telling me more about how mental health is in Gambia. A lot of people are having these issues and they are getting into um, substance abuse and other things. And I was like, wow. I was like, and they are like on drugs and committing suicide. I'm like, what? Like as young as they are. And I had to get some of them on to come and talk about in our lives because the following week, we do a live about the topic that we discussed. And you could see the information and the messages of, that was coming across, I was like, yo, there needs to be more awareness. Even last week, the after the, the second question that we asked the following week and the last week having the live, you see a lot of questions, a lot of answers, a lot of people commenting. And I was like, wow, like there needs to be this awareness. And I, like, I don't even know where we can start from, but the school is a good place to start from. The older people might not understand, like, they'll be like, me, like, Man, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm on <their laughs> mental health. I'm <laughs> (laughs) so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna be like but starting with I mean getting the young people aware I think that's a very good start I don't even know how barricades can be of help in those um, communities but Mental health is something that we need to get people into and try to create more awareness so that we're not losing lives just because. Especially this thing of the Mabuga kill or something, something like that, like all the travel out of the country. Like that thing is there and people, because of that, people are committing suicide and, and all of that. I mean, the, the country is hard, but like we said earlier, if there's something that you want to do and you don't see it in Gambia... Just start. Somebody will come. One day it will come along. I mean, you just have to have the passion and desire to do this thing that you love to do. And one day you make the money that you're supposed to make out of it. I mean, the beginning, it will not be easy. And then Gambians find it hard to, I feel like it's not just Gambians, but just Africans just find it hard to, to accept change. So for someone to come into the market with something new might be difficult, but you just have to keep pushing to, to try and get whatever you want to do yeah and I think like being in the school was really really good like well done did you ever think that you would be a like a teacher professor
0: actually the thing is I wanted to become a professor I wanted to become a professor and a researcher because initially before even wanting to practice clinical psychology I wanted to become a professor. So that's something I've actually always wanted since my undergraduate degree. So when I did my master's degree, like naturally, I knew I was going to go back and do that. I didn't want to supplement it with something else, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. But there wasn't anything out there. So and at the same time as well, there wasn't even a proper, like proper degree. I don't know if they have that now in the, at UTG, mm. but the proper degree for psychology. It wasn't really the same. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. like if you're in a university where there's a proper degree and there's different courses and there's research opportunities and conferences to go to and papers to write and all of that, yeah.
1: I think at some point in my life, I wanted to be a psychologist. Like, I think when I (laughs) finished, I have a master's in finance. So coming back from London to Gambia and thinking, like having that desire, because my dad was like, you have to do a PhD in ACCA or in accounting. I'm like, I'm not doing that. yeah. But coming back and just wanting to go into psychology was something I was like, I should have done psychology instead of finance. But anyway, Mm -hmm. here we are. I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And I think I don't think I have that passion as you as you did. Because if I did, I'd probably be doing psychology by now. <laughs> but true, I just true. pushed it to the side. Of course, also because like there was no market for it in Gambia. So it's like, what are you doing if you want to come back home and do psychology? Like, where are you going to practice it? So, like I said again, that desire was not as strong as yours. So I didn't think anything of it. I just like, let me, I did finance. So let's just get some experience in this area. Because, plus, also, I didn't want to go and do another degree and I didn't have any experience in what I've done prior. So it's going to be like academics, academics, academics. And you don't have any
0: experience. So,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. How was working for TRRC?
0: It was one of the most exhausting experiences I've had to go through. But it was also one of the best experiences Mm. because I really learned a lot practical wise. Mm -hmm. It was not just the academic part. Like I said before, I wanted to become a professor, but I also wanted to have like to supplement it with like the practical aspect. And I did not have the opportunity before. So that was like the perfect opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. To actually practicalize and basically do psychology work on the ground. It really and to be honest, it actually kind of paved way for my degree. Mm. It's like you said, you know how you talk about things aligning because yeah. there's so much that I picked up from there that I am getting to like D or it helps me with my current clinical psychology degree as well. Okay. So, yeah, because I mean, basically offering psychosocial support, offering therapy, those things fall under clinical psychology. It has been an amazing experience. I'm very grateful for the experience. Like I can't even that's good. Begin to describe it. <laughs> it was mentally exhausting, though. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, mentally, Emotionally, it was draining and exhausting, but it was rewarding. So,
1: yeah. And that's a question I actually wanted to ask. Being in the field um, of psychology, do you get to... Be tired when you have like clients come to you or talk to you about stuff, patients? Do you get tired? Because I feel like I know that I'm never going to be a doctor. I'm not going to be a nurse, like in the medical field, like because of the fact that I feel like I'm so emotional that every day I'll come back home and be telling my <laughs> spouse about what happened and be crying. Yeah, <laughs> Like this person is going through this, like I'll be, I, it'll be too much for me. And that's the reason why I never went into the medical field or even want to do nursing. When I moved to USA, They're like, you have to do nursing. You have to. I'm like, I am never Going to be because really <laughs> I can't. I can't take yeah. it. So I don't know how you get tired or drained at the end of the day, like hearing different people's story or where you're advising somebody because is not taking it.
0: Yeah. So I mean, psychologists are humans as well. Mm-hmm. So we also the thing is as psychologists, we also have our own baggage. We also come with our own traumas. We come with our own biases, with our own perceptions of life of people. Mm-hmm. but that is why you study clinical psychology it's for you to be made aware of all these different baggages and traumas and perceptions yeah. and biases so that you know not to take it into the therapy room with you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the thing is again you're still human so these things will affect you and that is why every psychologist goes to therapy
1: yeah oh.
0: because As a psychologist, you need to go to therapy to deal with your own issues. Right. And you also need to do supervision to also learn how to manage that therapy room and how to remove your own self from, from there and how to make sure, like, if you're affected, how to deal with, like, being affected other people's emotions Mm -hmm. and so that's essentially why people why we do the degree and that is why people cannot just sit that's why I always like if you're my tutor I always say this you cannot just sit down and go put on your profile Mm -hmm. I'm a psychologist or I'm especially even I can't even say I'm a clinical psychologist I will say I'm a psychologist Mm -hmm. but I can't say I'm a clinical psychologist because I don't have a PhD yeah because you like it's a whole process it's just like the medicine process like the whole medicine field Yeah. You need to go through all these different processes because there is so much involved because you deal with somebody's mental health, mm-hmm. which is very complicated. And you're also dealing with your mental yes. health. Yeah. So we do get tired. We do get emotional. Mm -hmm. We do get mentally exhausted. Mm -hmm. But we have our mechanisms that have been put in place for us to learn to deal with those things. And I'm not going to lie. It depends from psychologist to psychologist. Because, I mean, you have psychologists who are depressed, who have anxiety, who also have their own mental health issues. So we do have our own mental health issues. But because of the training that we have, we're able to go into that room and help other people with their mental health issues. Mm-hmm. whilst not bringing hours into the room with us i think that's a question
1: i've always wondered do the psychologists and themselves go for therapy because why are you therapy me if you have issues yeah. but like you said you have been trained to also go for your own therapy as well which is really really good. i feel like everybody needs to go no matter what level or department you are in it, on my job they have like when I just started the job I saw the that they had like therapy sessions for staff and I was like oh that is really really good like 10 free yeah. sessions and I am mm-hmm. like this is really really good if I if my should be I mean I pray that it becomes a big thing that's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do for my staff like y'all need to go for therapy because if you, you are not Mentally okay, you will not be able to do the job that you're supposed to do, right? Right.
0: It's Not just that, actually, because that's, that's one of the perceptions I'm trying to change. And I think one of the most recent posts on OPI, on our, the, the Instagram and Twitter pages of Facebook, mm-hmm. we talked about this, that you don't necessarily have to go to therapy just because something is wrong.
1: Right. You can
0: go to therapy, even if everything is okay with you, because you're constantly evolving as a person. And you need to be more aware of yourself your emotions your perceptions because it also helps you because if you're aware of your emotions and your perceptions and how you view life how you communicate with people how you deal with conflict you actually you face life better and your relationships are healthier as well and that's what people don't understand because psychology is basically the study of mind and behavior mm-hmm. And as human beings, that's basically what we are. We think and we act. Every single thing you do in life is psychology. You wake up in the morning, it's psychology. You brush your teeth. Because you had to think to go brush your teeth. Why aren't you just sitting down and why aren't you going to the office without brushing your teeth? Because you know the consequence, somebody's going to embarrass you and say your mouth stings, for example. Yeah, yeah. That's going to affect you mentally because you'll be like, now you're going to feel, you're going to feel embarrassed. So basically our entire life, consciously, unconscious, subconscious is psychology. And society, how we grew up, there's so many different parts that affect who we are. So going to therapy, even if everything is okay, quote unquote, is still good for you. It's kind of like going to the gym. Right. Don't wait until you're sick to go to the gym. You go to the gym to be okay, to make sure you're fit and healthy. Yeah, Uh So going to therapy as well. So you can say, I'm going to therapy because I want to be mentally healthy. So when certain jobs actually put that there, it's not because they just want to deal with your mental health issues. Okay. It's to make you even a better person mentally. Yeah. Because when you're mentally healthy, you're mentally happier, your relationships are better. You actually, your productivity at work is better. Your deliverables go up as well. And that's something in Africa we don't realize, especially in Gambia. Mental health. People don't talk about mental health in offices. Imagine if offices consider mental health. Everybody in Gambia is frustrated. Everybody is. (laughs) Because nobody takes mental health. Mental health is not just depression and anxiety and Mm -hmm. bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. No, it's so much more
1: right I'm learning
0: today I actually thought okay you must have an issue before you go and go to therapy so
1: now I'm ready to sign up for my 10 free sessions (laughs) yeah you better go because you
0: learn things about yourself you didn't even know we're there Mm
1: -hmm. I've actually been to therapy I think two years ago where I was in a dark space and I just thought okay let me I need a therapist so I've gone for like three months therapy and then after like by the third month I felt like I was okay and I put that on pause but I think I need another one now so yeah <laughs> I am definitely going to sign up what are some of the challenges you face along the way with mental health PI with everything else
0: anything I don't think I feel like we need a whole entire session for that. <laughs> But I mean, the challenges come not just from around me, but even from internally myself. Mm. So you have things like self-doubt coming from within. Why are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about me. <laughs> I mean, that's something that to, to an extent everybody has. And yeah. it's just loud for some people based on the things that you've gone through in life for example I went to quite a lot in life after my first master's mm-hmm. and there was a lot of self-doubt there was a lot of questioning myself and like I can't even begin to get into that and of course people around is like what is psychology and constantly I think the most annoying thing was the fact that people just thought psychology and mental health is just mad people quote-unquote it's just right. stuff like, yeah and- <laughs> one of the challenges was getting organizations in the Gambia people to understand or say that mental health is actually very valuable yeah because you notice that in other fields I think that's that's also a challenge in other fields when people start organizations or start CSOs or whatever it is like it just like expires and it blows up Mm -hmm. because people are like oh this is good it's beneficial and mental health and we're just there like crawling like (laughs) skills because Nobody wants to, like, look at us. Like, I mean, just it's reasoning that you actually have these different organizations, like, incorporating mental health into what they do. And it's good yeah. to see, but it's still very slow. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest challenges for OPI. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think... Sitting that personal bit, what is really, really important. I think a lot of people don't see that as a challenge, but having or recognizing that you yourself in, internally are having these challenges, self doubt, low self esteem, they're also part of the challenges. And so once you can get out of your head of that, you can be able to move on properly. I like I get that even you know, on my job. Sometimes I'm like because I'm a consultant to so switch from one project to the other. Once you're done with one project, you're moving on to the next. And like recent, like currently I have this project I'm working on. I have not done that before. So I'm learning as we go as a team and I'm like, oh choice And I hate to be on my job, and I'm not doing much, I'm not contributing as much. And so, because I love to do when I work, I mean, I love audit already. So when I'm mm-hmm. doing that, I I want to enjoy what I'm doing, not endure mm-hmm. it. So I get up lazy. I'm like, what am I doing today? Yeah. You know, and there is this topic, this thing that is coming up next week for anyone that wants to sign up on our job. It's
0: the imposter syndrome, and I felt like I feel like you just I was waiting for. It, I was gonna say, and let's not forget the infamous imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome i was waiting for you to finish up. i couldn't say that because that one of my number one challenges up to date wow even me
1: yeah when i saw that i was like that's something i need to sign up and i'm going into the office it's remote yeah. job but you can go to the office if you want to. and i'm going into the office of that train because like, i feel like i need it as well because i struggle with that a lot sometimes i just have to get out of my head or just talk to a friend about it and mm. i'll be fine for a minute but the next day i'm like okay joyce what's going on so yeah. I think syndrome is really, yeah, something. What lessons
0: are you learning or have you learned along the way? I mean, I've learned a lot of lessons as well. I've learned to be patient. That is something that I feel like I'm actually still learning, to be <laughs> honest. I think learning to be patient is actually a lifelong thing. You mm-hmm. don't learn to be... I mean, some people are naturally... I feel like they're just naturally gifted. Yeah. But <laughs> the others... And then there's us who... We just have to constantly learn (laughs) to be patient, learning to be comfortable with, be okay with things that are happening at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And I think most of the lessons, I'll say, go back to internal lessons as well, Mm -hmm. because as much as there has been a lot of struggle, a lot of trauma, there has also been a lot of internal growth as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ex- learn to accept certain things, being stronger as well, you know, emotionally stronger, mentally stronger. I didn't think I had this in me, to be honest, to have gone through everything I've gone through and still stand mm-hmm. and be resilient. So, yeah, I'll say it's going to be hard for me to like pinpoint the lessons and yeah, just yeah. say one, two, three, but I feel like the lessons I've learned have been internal, to be quite I honest think. with you.
1: I mean, you have you have great clients, well. and everyone is different with the lessons that they're learning. And one thing I picked up from what you said is the growth. And with growth comes change. And once that change occurs, some people around you are gonna feel like what's going on with you. You don't, you're not like we used to be before. Yeah. But I feel like people around us in the community, wherever, should be able to accept when they see someone changing to be better. When they feel they see someone. I mean, some people might not see it as better. They might see it like as Proud, <laughs> but listen. Yeah. As you grow, I've realized the way we evolve. I was just talking to one of my friends before I jumped on here. I was like, the way we are evolving, like from a little child to teenage years, and the things that you want and desire, and then get into an age where you're like, oh, the things that I didn't even want, I want them now. And it's mm-hmm. like we evolve and we change, and you're growing, and so with the growth comes change, and that's just one thing I wanted to throw out there. Like, if you see someone changing and you want to change as well, ask questions. Especially in our community, we need to ask, like, how are you doing this? I want to be better in my life. And that's one thing people need to do, like be better in your life. And you have to see areas where you need to grow. And And not
0: just that. If you see somebody changing and that makes you upset, ask yourself, why am I upset? Right. right. Because once you ask yourself that Mm -hmm. and you're honest with yourself, Mm -hmm a lot of things I mean that anger is definitely going to go because a lot of the yeah. time people don't like other people changing because there's that fear of being left behind right right <laughs> that's true yeah that's like formal fear of missing out <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the
1: questions I normally ask on Breakers Corner is what do you know now that you wish you had
0: known when you were younger well there's a lot of them <laughs> there's a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> Anyone is fine. <laughs> I feel like most of them are just emotional ones, to be honest. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure which one to get into. I don't even know if I want to share some of them, but because <laughs> this is just something. But I mean, this is actually a hard question. Like, I don't like this question kind of questions because. <laughs> I mean, so I guess for other people, okay. it's just... It's let me say, l- let me say what I... And it was I asked this on the podcast, but the day I
1: asked that
0: to myself, I was like, Joe, that's a very hard question. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> because, then, I mean, especially if you really think about it, like, on a deep level. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it superficially, there's so many different things, like, just yama yama stuff. But, I mean, when you ask that question, it's usually a deep question. And... I just doing my hair some type of way down. <laughs> okay, so for me...
1: I, and I said this on one of my videos on, I think on YouTube or on Instagram. I was like, for me, I thought failure was not, like once you fail, that's it. I didn't know that failure was part of life. And so coming to learn that failure is part of life, my mindset has changed about it. Like if I fail, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow and I'll be better. So I'll try again. And if I fail again, I'll get up and try again. So for me, what I know now is that I wish I'd known that failure was okay and it's part of life and you grow and learn and you move on and not fight myself because of the so many areas that i failed in and just being so tired and just angry myself. I wouldn't have been in that place. I mean, anger is okay, but just dwelling on it and just being depressed about it at some point in my life, you know, but come to that point and you know, like, oh, I failed. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm moving on. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, okay, so what I'll do is I'll probably... Combine a lot of these different things and just bring together and just say one thing i wish i knew as a child or as a younger me will be i wish i had believed in myself more yeah i think that would be it for me like i wish i believed in myself more because as much as i keep going mm. there's also that what people see is me just constantly going and like just because people see an extrovert out there bubbly and but inside in my bedroom there's a lot of self-doubt and you no know, you can't do this so many missed opportunities i didn't get into because i didn't believe i I could. I mm-hmm. feel like that's something I would um, definitely believe in myself mm-hmm. some more. And I'm trying to work on that now. believe in myself more and just get out there and just explore <laughs> and do things. Like and If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At least I've learned something. I will have, even if I don't get it, I will have learned something. i have gotten something from it. I'll have evolved. I'll have, have been, I would mm-hmm. have been plus one of something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Like I feel like for anyone out there, it's, you can ask yourself this question, what you would know when you were younger, what you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger. I feel like when you ask that question, you get, it's like your mind is, it's like an aha moment for you, like Oprah would say. And you're like, oh my God, I wish I had known this. And then now you can take that and dwell on it. I mean, dwell on it or like, do better with what you have now. Like for me, failure. And then I'm like, okay, so now if I feel like no, I'm just learning, it's something that I probably didn't do right along the way, or I got the wrong information or something, and then just move on. As long as you know that in your heart, having to ask yourself these hard questions, I think it's important that it would help you evolve and help you be better. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for anyone that feels like life is hard? I can't break barriers. I can't keep going on. This life sucks. You know, let me just go sit down and
0: not do anything what advice have you got just do something because in five years five years Mm -hmm. is going to come and go whether you do something or whether you don't do something Mm -hmm. five years is going to come and it's going to go but if you do something even if it's very small Mm -hmm. there's going to be a difference like no matter how small it is just keep doing it even when you don't feel like doing it just keep doing it even those days when you hate yourself when you're like it's just not going to work this is a waste of time just do it pow talk make faces but do it yeah and then there are days that you're gonna actually gonna wake up and be happy about doing it and you'll be like oh wow i'm so happy i did this like don't stop just keep going just keep going yeah i feel like that advice is for me too (laughs) i mean it's hard to see that moment but five years in the future when you look back you'll be like well damn yeah i did that there's actually some changes and imagine if you had not done anything then you're going to look like it's still the same old me. So just keep doing something. I mean, it's easier said than done. Life is not easy. Like, enjoy yourself whilst you can. But the reality is life... Wait, life made the head for me today. <laughs> <laughs> it's life. I will use some languages, but... <laughs> but just keep at it. Yeah. right. Right. I'm
1: reading this book called 12. Is it 12 weeks in a year or one year of 12? I can't remember. But it's got 12 weeks, something 12 weeks, one year, or one year, 12 weeks, or something like that. It's basically telling you that plan your year in 12 weeks, not plan your year in 12 months. And so you just put out little goals that you set for yourself every 12 weeks. Like you want to achieve this by the end of this three months and you work to it. You don't pick up a whole lot of things because sometimes in, at the beginning of the year, we're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then by June, you're not doing it. But if you set it like one at a time for each quarter or two, depending on what you feel like you can just put it on there and then you watch yourself work towards achieving those goals. I think those, would, I mean, those will help because sometimes you try to tend to put like 20 items for the year. And by September, we haven't even done one. But if you're able to pull like small goals down and just push within five years, you see that you have achieved those goals. And mm-hmm. when you look back, you're going to be like, I'm so grateful that I did something. It was little steps, mm-hmm. but what do they say? Little drops of water makes a mighty ocean. So okay. there you go, creating a big ocean. Yeah. thank you Gaima for being on here this I feel like I was in a therapy session (laughs) I think it's one of my favorite conversations on the podcast already like I really love having this talk with you and I've just been so encouraged by your story everything that we've talked on here like I've literally been getting goosebumps from the beginning to the end (laughs) this is really great do you have any final words you want to say
0: no And that's okay too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much once again. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're
1: You're welcome.
0: welcome. Alrighty.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in Begandia, West Africa.